We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Greetings, baseball fans. Uh, welcome to the California Penal League podcast. Um, I just want to start things off with a little announcement. If you have ever pitched baseball in a game, possibly in the backyard with your dad, if you've ever picked up a baseball, maybe you should give... If you know what a Cleveland baseball Indians, looks like. If you can if identify you, a baseball in a lineup. If you own your own mitt to save the team some some money, that would also be yeah, helpful. That is a plus. That is Put that on the resume because the Dolans will look at that. This is uh, a call for you to uh, put in your, like I said, resume, give the Cleveland Indians front office a call. Uh, they might need your services. We are we are uh, speaking on behalf of the team that is desperately looking for pitching help. So we're just going to put the word out. We were told to put the word out to the audience to, uh, you know, give them a call. Uh, show up at the facility, show up at Progressive Field. Uh, there's a chance you might be pitching that day. So I just and, wanted to get that out there. And if you have first. a full-time job, if you have a full-time job, that's also preferred as it will be an unpaid internship with pitching duties required. That's true. It'll be for and the other experience. duties assigned. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. Right. <laughs> right. You, well, I mean, honestly, you know, whether you're, uh, you most likely would be pitching the rotation, which means that there's four other days that you're on the team where like you could probably work concessions, maybe the team cut shop, the grass. cut the grass, you know, grounds crew they'll, stuff. They'll, so they'll find, they'll find yeah. stuff for you. It'll be like one of those like all immersive internships where you learn every phase of the organization. Um, so it won't yeah, just be, be pitching. So that's actually yeah. like a huge plus is that you'll get to know everything. And if you're and, lucky, and, they might have you sit in on some trade talks, but more to come mm. on that later. Ooh, we will talk a little bit about that because uh, things are heating up a little bit. A few teams have actually made some deals. So and, uh, in your we, non-pitching days, you have to be slider. So <laughs> yeah. or one of the and hot like dogs. A kid will just kick you right in the or groin. One of the hot dogs, yeah. Yeah, or the sexy hot dog. hot dog. You have to be the sexy the hot dog. Sex, yeah, you got to you got to be the hot dog that is sexually confusing all of us. <laughs> and oh, I won't yeah. tell you which one it is. I it's different for up. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert: It's not onion, dude. Yeah, I'm with you. Have on you that. seen Jolly Bee? Jolly Bee sexy dancing, the mascot mm-hmm. Jolly Bee. No, I need to. Uh, Whatever yeah, you're talking we'll about right now, I need episode. to. It's, okay. it's incredible. Uh, so I will be looking up some sexy mascot dancing after this episode, but first let me do some intros. My name is Steve with me as always is Chris and Anthony Fabiano. We are your hosts on this journey, this wonderful journey of a baseball podcast. Obviously we are talking about, uh, the Cleveland Indians pitching rotation, which is, uh, still in shambles. Uh, it's an utter disrepair. (laughs) So again, as we've said many times, every starter from opening day currently not pitching, but I am a little Logan encouraged. <laughs> He's back, Logan baby. Allen. He's back, baby. Uh, I am. I do want to talk about that rotation a little bit uh, from a positive standpoint because there are a few things that have gotten me, gotten me a little excited uh, recently. Primarily, JC Mejia and yeah. Eli Morgan have gotten me thinking. Like, hey, Ooh. they could maybe at least provide some stability until. You know, Zach Plesak August and Aaron Savali at the very least come back. But yeah, 
but yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, the team just signed Brad Peacock and Zach Godley to some minor league deals, mm-hmm. which I don't know if those are going to inspire much people to like jump out of their chairs here, but we can talk about those a little <laughs> bit too, because I actually think Brad Peacock is a pretty decent signing. He's not going to maybe be the savior, but like guys put up some pretty can, good numbers. He can eat career. up some innings. Eat up. Some, we've, all we talk about is like dudes who can gobble up innings. Yeah. Um, so the one he guy, also the one, guy, one of your criteria, Steve, he has a pulse. He does have a pulse. I need that. That is one I'm thing. I'm pretty I certain need. he has his own mitt. Well, Even that better. remains to be seen. Who knows? Uh, I mean, he hasn't got. He hasn't returned my phone call, but word on the street is he has his own mitt. So the one guy, uh, the yes, well, we'll double check on that. Uh, the one guy that I wanted to first highlight was Eli Morgan because we he just wrapped up June, obviously with his last start against the Tigers. And he made three starts in June, and his ERA is like still nine thirty seven, which is you know don't look at that because his first couple, his his first game set him back against the Blue Jays in that like monsoon. So yeah, you kind of have to. It's like let's just wipe that off the planet right now. Um, so his ERA, it is what it is. But what I thought was pretty encouraging about his June, and everything about this kind of tracks with like all of his numbers to this point is that he, in three starts, had 18 strikeouts and zero walks, baby. Ooh, so nice. uh, I also want to note that, because, I, you know, we, we do, you know, <laughs> feel like there's a lot of despair right now uh, in the rotation, but Morgan was the, like, 2018 pitcher of the year in the minor league system, yeah. and for all intents and purposes, was regarded as having, like, possibly the best changeup in all of minor league baseball. He's so, got really, he, I mean... And He's highlighted by those stuff. numbers, his his mo was always having superb command. His stuff yes. doesn't blow you away, but he's got that nice pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, his fastball tops out at like high eighties sometimes, which is pretty hilarious. I was going to say, I thought it. <laughs> I was like, I thought he's been clocked around ninety three. It occasionally will hit, yeah, the low 90s. He's about five ten, so he's not blowing yeah. anybody away. He dropped to like the eighth round in the draft. Probably because of that. Um, But what's really, I mean, what's interesting is like right now he's averaging like 10 strikeouts per nine innings. And like, he always had above average strikeout per nine innings and like walk ratios and all that kind of stuff. Primarily a fly ball pitcher, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like he got like the perception around him in just that first couple, those first couple of starts was rough. And I feel like in June, he's really kind of, come around to like where every fifth day when he pitches, I, I'm not the way that the way that I'm kind of feeling with like Sam Henches and a little bit of Cal Quantrill, Mejia may be coming out of that, but, and maybe it was just that these guys, some of these guys needed like repetition and getting into the rhythm of a rotation, but like Morgan's the one guy where I'm like, okay, this, this, you know, this guy's got a pedigree behind him in terms of like the college career, the minor league numbers, this is who he is. This isn't like an aberration. So I'm a little encouraged by that. And uh, JC Mejia threw a quality start against the Twins uh, mm-hmm. uh, last weekend as of this report. It was a very nice start, actually. So, yeah, I was really sweating it out. I was really uh, sitting there uh, puckering up when uh, he got into some trouble in like the second inning. The bases were loaded, I believe, and he got out of that jam. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, just like profusely sweating. But yeah, he came, he, he really, uh, 
I think he balked like twice in that game. So something crazy like that, or he balked at least once. And I, was saying, I thought there was at least one. The, the mm-hmm. games are blurring together. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But he, um, he had a quality start, man. So I don't know, you know, Hey, there's, there's at least some signs of life there. And yet the team just keeps on winning. So it's, it's a wild ride, my friends. I think all four of these pitchers who have now filled into the rotation, I think there's a role for them once we get healthy. I agree. Mejia is probably uh, on a shorter list of rotational guys, but I think a, a Hentges, I really still like Cal Quantrill as a swingman role, but I think those two guys are very ideal Swingman role, uh, two-inning type guys that can also piggyback if a starter only goes and gets you four. Um, I kind of ultimately think that's maybe like the best role for both of those guys. And like you said, Eli Morgan. Actually, I believe his ERA in the lowest last three starts is still north of seven. Yeah, but, it's not. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not it's, great. <laughs> but there's definitely promise there. Yeah, and I mean, he gives a lot of home runs. runs. He's been yeah. giving up homers, but I, I thought in that start against the Tigers, because that was really a good chance to just watch as much of it as the most I've watched of him really since mm-hmm. he's been up, at least personally. And he like he has a really just great presence on the mound. He works quick. He pounds the strike zone. The dude has four pitches that he works. Like the changeup is I mean, great. He's like that Greg Maddox where he's not going to overpower you. How are you with, well, you know, 99 mile an hour fastballs, but that accuracy, man. But there's another guy that's in the just deadly. There's another guy in the rotation that just like that, Aaron Savali. I mean, yeah. If you're looking at like a blueprint of a pitcher that maybe in another year or so Morgan could be, you know, look at Aaron Savali. And like if Eli Morgan became like your fourth or fifth starter, like hell yes, sign me up. It's, I don't know how they like we continue to do this. The fact that we have like, oh, any insane. serviceable serviceable people at this point in the season after losing so many arms to injuries uh, is is amazing. And yeah, I mean, right now we've talked about it, just like survive. Just like the offense is starting to come alive. Thank, thank God it's been very good and consistent. Um, you know, if you're one of these starting pitchers, just try to get, you know, four solid innings, five solid innings to not kill our bullpen, you know, day in and day out. And, you know, our offense is clicking right now. If you can keep it, you know, three or four runs, I think we have a fighting chance against pretty much every team we're going to face. I know the schedule really picks up in July uh, with a lot of great, like, playoff contenders. But you're going to get police like back, you know, around beginning, I think, beginning of July, hopefully. Um, or that after It's that sounding like right before the All-Star break right? okay. at, at the so, earliest. So probably the week of the 12th of, of uh, July. So... Uh, you're going to get Franmo back hopefully this weekend, right before Fourth of July. So I mean, with him in the lineup, with what Bobby Bradley's been able to do, obviously, you know, we we'll get into the Naylor situation. Um, that that's definitely a setback. Uh, but you know, you have five, six guys you can legitimately mash right now. So I, I, you know, that's uh, if our offense were was where it was, you know, two months ago. Uh, well, we'd probably be 12 games back if that was the case. We wouldn't be talking about, yeah, we wouldn't be talking about like being yeah. like two games out of the central. That would but, not be uh, happening. But yeah, the offense is kind of everyone's kind of switched roles. Uh, bullpen's still been solid. So 
so yeah, if just a couple of these guys can, can continue to have uh, solid outings, get Plesek back, and then hopefully get Bieber back not too long after the All-Star break, and then Savali in early August, you know, we, we might, I just, I'm excited to see this whole team together, you know, fingers crossed, in relatively right. healthy terms, because again, well, if you got two months, definitely a playoff team. Yeah. If you yeah. had two months of this team at like, let's call it relatively full strength, like Bieber's the only one who's something of an outlier, because I'm very scared that he's going to pick up a ball and experience like the quote unquote, like discomfort. Yeah, he, hasn't, makes me he hasn't thrown for two weeks. Yeah, that makes me nervous. And they haven't said a word officially on what's going on. It makes me think that it's definitely something that they deem pretty serious. So yeah. I could see that being a, a a giant like, you know, thing to look out for. But assume you know, assuming he comes back within like maybe let's call it, I don't know, six to eight weeks. I, hopefully it's early. I was saying I mean, hopefully. I think but, they're hopeful that it's Post All Star break, but again, like I said, they haven't said a darn word. But if if you're running, I mean, if you would, be, if if you were to, to tell me that for, for August and September for a stretch run that you had your rotation back with like Eli Morgan as your fourth starter, um, and you made do with whatever it fit as your fifth starter, Mejia, Quantrill, whatever, um, and then your lineup was like fully healthy to where you you penciled in. Fran Mil Reyes, Roberto Perez into like a piping red hot lineup as it is. I mean, right now the lineup isn't just good. It's like fantastic. You've yeah. got for the last month, Ahmed Rosario and Eddie Rosario have both hit like 300. Uh, Jose is starting to heat up again. Bobby Bradley has done exactly what you'd hope he would be doing in He's that spot. 250 and matching oh, yeah. homers. Pretty good OBP, like doing exactly what you're hoping for. His role becomes even less pressure. You know, it becomes even less pressured with uh, Reyes coming back. It's good stuff, man. It's just really our. And don't forget our favorite Ramirez, not named Jose Big Harold. Oh, yeah. That's right, the Harold Fan Club, keeping that average I mean, above 280. What a fun! In the last, in the last, so over the last 30 games, he's hitting over 300. He's at 314. So. He's also in that same mold. You know, sometimes you got to get real lucky. Thank you, Miami. Just for just thank you, Marlins. Just giving him to us. We don't want him anymore. We don't need this former top prospect. Here you go. Same with, I mean, honestly, though, the same holds, the same goes for the Mets giving us Ahmed Rosario. Like, obviously, it was part of the Lindor trade, but he was the throw in. And, Yep. You forget that he was a top prospect. He was like one of the most highly touted prospects in all of baseball. He was a top 10 prospect in all of baseball five years ago. And he's still young. He found a new new home. I, I do. I know the question that you had, Chris, was so getting into sort of like the, the current makeup of the roster with Naylor out, which that was about as gruesome an injury as you could ever see. I still cannot get out of my head him like writhing on the ground. Oh yeah, that like, was. I, I, saw it I once can't like enough. stop thinking about that, and like when he spun, and then like his like ankle under his leg when it like collapsed. Like I can't. Oh my God. That At was first. Terrible. I like the video pause because I didn't see it happen in real time. The video paused like right before he like his leg got stuck, and I was like, "Oh, it just looks like he like crashed," and then it resumed. I'm like, "Oh, it's dangling." Okay, never mind. Yeah. Like, 
Yep. This guy. Well, really I bad. thought I was like, I was just like, oh, okay. So I saw it in real time. It was like, oh man, maybe it looks like maybe he bruised his knee or his thigh got hit or whatever. I didn't realize that the real injury happened when he landed, where yeah. it was the the ankle caught under there. And then I was like, that is about as bad as it gets. So what's yeah. interesting is that he definitely appears to have become sort of in a way like in a different way than, than Jose Ramirez, like the heart and soul of the team. Like they, they, they really seem to like love that guy mm-hmm. and it's a super bummer. Cause he but, plays, I mean, the man, the man doesn't know what one speed and that's all out. And that, that gains you some, some love with the, your teammates yeah, you give it, when they can tell that you're giving it your all. Yeah, it's a it's a huge blow. So, I mean, his season's most certainly over. But yeah, uh, you know, I, and we can get into sort of some of the options here. But Big H, Big Harold, you're going to become an even bigger, yeah, uh, you know, role here. I mean, thank God he's around because it makes it a little bit of an easier pill to swallow, at least from like a lineup construction standpoint. Um, the team called up Oscar Mercado. We'll see. Uh, he was hitting 265 in June, so that's nice. He was starting I to rake Mercado. the last 25, there, we, 30 There's some interesting... The AAA talent kind of starting to rake collectively, man. I was like going to say, they yeah. kind of got off to a really slow start the first three weeks, but they have all, like you just said, but Chris, collectively been... You talked about that, though. I think, like, your point is still super solid. There wasn't minor league baseball last year. Yeah. Like, you have an entire year, like, basically 15 months up to this point of trying to, like, get those reps in. And, they and you know, they're a month, month and a half behind us from when they started their season. And so it makes sense. You know, that first month and a half, how bad was our offense? And so, like... It makes sense. It was the worst. Guys. It was the worst. It was the worst. It was literally the worst. It's not hyperbolic. That like we were the worst in baseball, and so you know now these well, guys now you're in a, two and a half months under their belts in AAA. Well, now you're in a position which is really interesting in that this isn't the worst offense ever anymore. This isn't no, no. a disgrace <laughs> to where you you pose the question, Chris, of like, okay, well, do we move Ahmed Rosario back to the outfield? To which I know you're just probably posing the question, but I would be like adamantly no, because no, ever since no, he, no. you yeah. know what I mean? But, but um, it's interesting yeah. because like Andres Jimenez, after being sent down, has started the break in triple A. He's hitting 281 with a 333, uh, 583 slash line in June, which is pretty fantastic. Gabriel Arias, who's only 21, isn't wasn't going to be coming up this year anyway. He's hitting 300, 303, 386, 500, uh, slugging in June. It's kind of insane because you figure then there, those are two of your middle infielder prospects with like 20 more upcoming. And now all of a sudden you have no spots for them. So yeah. assuming that Ahmed Rosario doesn't fall off the face of the earth, which I don't assume that he will, because I, I think this might be somewhere around where he is as a player. Things get a little interesting when you start thinking about like the future makeup of this team, because where are these guys going to hit? Um, I'll I'll even raise you one more. It raises the starting the question of what do you do next month? Well, that's where we get really. That's where we start to talk about some of these uh, interesting because because Ernie Clement's on the team. Owen Miller yeah. got sent back down. 
still and got Tyler was, Freeman, who's in double yes. A, raking. Well, that's where things get a little interesting, my friend. I'm just so so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so happy some of these guys are delivering because, you know, you never know with prospects. We're Cleveland Indians fans. (laughs) The prospects are the juice for us. And some of these guys are, like, really showing up, and it's it's awesome to watch. I mean, it's it's a pretty electric. I will say... I'm having more fun watching this team than I have in like the last three seasons. Oh, since 2016. Yeah. yeah. Th- this yeah. is the most fun this team has been Maybe. since the World Series. Oh, 2017. Yeah. No win streak was amazing. And then I like wanted to like just break everything in my house when we lost to the Yankees. So, yeah, that was pretty devastating. And rightfully so. Yes. Yeah. The yin and yang of that season. Well, like I said, three seasons. So 18 and nine, 18, 19 and 20 were. 20 wasn't that bad, but there, no. there were some miserable stretches for like 18 and 19 because yeah, you, you could tell that the window was c- closing with the current construction of the roster and you knew some things were going to have to change because we just couldn't make it happen. So, and then it got, and then it really got miserable like in 19 and 20 when like, I'll just say it, Lindor sort of just fell off the face of the earth and gave up on the team. Started taking naps. I w- I was not working out, you know, apparently thinking the 2020 season wasn't real. I don't know who, what the hell was going on there anyway, but I'll tell you, this is what happens. It feels like, you know, when you, when you have that like beautiful infusion of young talent with veterans, like, you know, the Eddie Rosario's, the, uh, Cesar Jose type of players, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and to see them continue to play as well as they are, as of right now, two games out of the central in the hunt in the play, in the wild card, obviously, uh, it's exciting. And and the way we're talking about like how it's like okay, it's great to have all these prospects hitting. There isn't a place for them. Then it starts to get interesting talking about this little thing called the trade deadline in July. So, um, Chris, I I know you had a. We've been talking a lot. We've been all over the Adam Frazier train. Yeah. Tried to make a deal with the Pirates. You had some interesting thoughts that you wanted yeah. to throw so, out there trade-wise. So today, I guess this was kind of always a thought in the back of my mind, but then just reading the Zach Meisel, uh, Jason Lloyd piece on The Athletic today where they kind of went over some trade deadline scenarios, you know, possibilities. Uh, it, it kind of made me start thinking, let's let's not try to you know shoot layups let's let's nail a half court shot let's let's do something big and exciting Ooh, and partly I'm, I'm intrigued partly due to the 40 man roster crunch that we're going to have yep. to face this off season um yep you know just like and they brought up the the Padres in their article how the Padres gave us six prospects slash you know uh, young major league talent, including Reyes, obviously too, in Cal Quantrill. That that's the kind of move that I think I'm more still looking at. Um, okay, I know we talked about uh, Marquis uh, from the Rockies as a oh, possibility. Uh, Herman Herman Marquez. Herman Marquez, yeah, from the Rockies, but 
his contract situation, I think he's going to be ARB eligible and his numbers are expected to skyrocket. But like, that's the kind of pitcher I would maybe try to target as some guy a year mm-hmm. away from ARB um, eligibility. Uh, but I, I mean, we've been talking about the Pirates. Yep. They mentioned we, we would like to pilfer them. Uh, <laughs> and, and rightfully so, uh, because I took a look at their major league baseball.com's top 30 list and they have one guy over the age of like 23 on their list so they have a very very young system uh their timetable is probably still three to four years away from really competing and they have an outfielder and it's not frazier but it is brian reynolds I I knew I you were going to mention go, him. I knew it. I would go <laughs> and just inquire about and be like, "Yo, we have um don't know if you guys know this or not, but we have about 75 shortstop second baseman prospects in our system. If you want to take yep. one or two off our hands, we'd be more than happy to swap that for um for Mr. Reynolds because you know, we do have Hernandez. Or I'm sorry. We do have Ramirez in the outfield now. We have uh, Mercado and Daniel Johnson, uh, with Mercado obviously coming up. Um, and we have Eddie Rosario. And Eddie's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so there's there's room for bringing in Reynolds. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And not to mention any of these other outfield prospects that we have, too, further down in the system. Uh, so I've looked into him. Uh, a little bit because I had the same thought, especially when the Indians were playing the Pirates in that weekend series. I mean, and how nice would his his average? I mean, look? you're looking at an absolutely perfect. I'd go to honestly, I'd go to the Pirates, and I'd say, "What would it take?" Now they are very reluctant to trade Reynolds. Like he's their they, star. They do view him as some sort of a building block, but he's already 26. But he's 26. And, and he's, I mean, said, by the time these guys get up yeah, to the system, he's going to be 30. It was the Josh Bell problem, too, where yeah. it was, where it was, hey, he's an all star and he's our best player by far, but he's on an absolutely dis- awful team and, and we yeah. have to move him. Like, yeah. Josh Bell and the Pirates now would do them absolutely no good. So they made the right move. They had to deal him. And that may be what Brian, Brian Reynolds becomes. But like, if I go to the, I mean, if you wanted to hit a home run, home run, I mean, you could go to the Pirates and be like, and I, I don't really know how he'd fit with like Hernandez really still being here, but like you could go to them and be like, what would it take to get Ryan, Brian Reynolds and Adam Frazier in a deal? We want both of them. We will give son you literally of, son like of Cesar, 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 Gabriel Arias. I, I mean, you could send them like some of these top, like you got it. The thing is, at some point, you're going to have to deal some of these guys because there just yeah. isn't going to be room, not just on the major league roster, but on the 40 man roster. So, like, there's a, I would have to assume the Indians are stockpiling prospects in partly, in part due to this because you mentioned the Padres. They traded us all those prospects and yet they still didn't trade a top 10 prospect. Or a top five uh, prospect. I think I would say definitely not a top five, but I thought they dipped into one Arias or two. Of their may top have been a top 10. ten or something like that. Yeah, I think he was literally number ten. Yeah. For them. 
So that shows you how unbelievably deep the Padre system became. And it, it to them, it didn't matter because they're in their contention window now. And it wouldn't have, they would have never been able to keep those guys anyway. So the Indians suddenly are sort of like nearing that possibility with some of these guys. And so it becomes very interesting to where maybe you make the Pirates an offer they can't refuse for a guy like that. And suddenly the Indians like solve their outfield problems, which would be incredible. But I mean, obviously pitching is still the big thing. So like, you know, we've talked Tyler Anderson, there's Kyle Gibson with the Rangers still. There's uh, John Gray, another Rockies pitcher we've talked about. So there's still like a ton of names. The the thing with like Adam Frazier too, I've started to see the the Yankees get in on those talks. The White Sox of all teams are yeah. coming. Well, they're coming the to White a Sox are coming for anybody Escobar. who can play second base. They apparently have a deal <clears throat> for Eduardo, Eduardo Escobar with the Diamondbacks. So interesting. That appears to be their big move. Reynolds makes Circle. sense though, because you're going to lose Rosario. not going to resign. I mean, you could resign him, but you. you could. I don't know. You, you. I don't know about you that. You fill that void. I mean, so but you fill that. Assuming you're getting Naylor back, uh, you fill, next year, like you fill that void with Rosario leaving with a guy you control for five seasons. That's going to be making like nothing. I mean, it's a deal that I would 100% do. The Pirates could be persuaded. They, I don't think they want to do it because they don't want to put out that perception that they're like gutting the team once again. But they're absolutely going to. (laughs) I mean, they're just, they're, they're so far away from Mm -hmm. legitimate contention that I, I think that if we were to give them a, maybe a pitcher in double A, Couple uh, middle infield prospects, and maybe like a Cesar. Um, it may that might get the deal done. Well, some teams are out there making deals already. We already talked about the White Sox and Escobar. I saw Chris, your number move. your two, number two team, the Blue Jays, acquired not only Corey Dickerson from the Marlins, but former Submariner. From the Indians, Adam Simber. Yeah, they're getting desperate now. Yeah, they are a little bit. Uh, but the Blue Jays, man, interesting, just like a super interesting team that we probably kind of expected in that they lose five in a row, win five in a row because their pitching is so wishy washy. And unless they acquire somebody, I don't know. If, I, I, I mean, hey, they're, they're in the hunt with the Indians for the wild card, but. I just yeah. don't know if the even with like Vlad Jr. literally carrying the offense. I, I don't know. Doesn't seem again that that should make Indians fans feel pretty good in looking at a team like the Blue Jays. That like isn't a comparable like situation in terms of like the age of the roster and like what the makeup of the team is. That even with the injuries the Indians still have a more complete team than the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays, I don't think they really have any pitching in the system that could like come and help right now. No, none. I don't, don't they have that Drew Pearson kid? One Mm -hmm. of their top prospects, but I thought he was still a year away. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to take a look at that. Um, 
Guys, I already adamantly said no, none. As if I'm an expert on the Blue Jays firm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely zero pitching in the system. Zero pitching. I mean, but that's crazy, though. It's like the Indians, when their pitching is healthy. Oh, Nate Pearson. It's pretty. It's Nate, Nate Pearson. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, when the Indians I, pitching uh, is healthy, and it's like pretty frequently healthy. They've had a bunch of fluke injuries this season. Um, it's just so much. Like, it's uncomparable. To Toronto, yeah. and the fact that now our offense is cooking is just like, just a testament to you know this front office and and the the development that our our team has to to, to grow these guys. So I mean, it's, well, it's pretty I mean, great. We're also going to have a pretty nice problem on our hands with that pitching when everybody gets healthy, in totally. the sense that it's in some ways not that. I would ever want to go through these injuries again uh, with, you know, all our rotation being out from opening day. But now we're getting to see some guys that we probably weren't expecting to see this year. At least not this much sure. of them. No, that's a good point. Getting so, the actual sure. games in. Yeah. So, you know, in the same, same breath, like we could really look at trading a guy or two. I mean, we were just showing him so much love a second ago, but a guy like Eli Morgan, you know, that he mm. he would be coveted by teams. Yeah. Especially the Pirates who But the Indians the Indians are not ever in the they're never in the business. And this season especially would have proven that they, not they really this don't year. trade pitching. No, probably not this year. But if they trade you a pitcher, don't accept him because that means that guy is that guy is gonna be injured for the, within a season. Yes. Yeah. That like, guy I know I just said that the they're aisle. not in the bit. Like, I know they traded, like, obviously Clevenger, Carrasco, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, they're not in the. I would imagine, like, when it's a guy that, like, they covet, they don't do it. They don't. Cause, like, no. they held on to, you know, Clevenger became an expendable pitcher. Carrasco, like, unfortunately became quote unquote expendable to them. It's like, but for a young pitching talent, like I don't know no, if they would ever you're do not, that. You're I, not I, getting that guy for anything. Like but I do worry. Are, oh good, good. I was gonna say the the Peacock and um Godly. Godly, yes. Those signings were interesting because it got me thinking, I go, okay, both those guys are like I think thirty one. And I've had Red some Peacock's level 33. Of, okay, thirty three. <laughs> Jesus. But let's just Hear me out on this one. He comes in and shows you something down the stretch here. I could see a situation where maybe they bring him back for another on yeah. a one year deal. And yeah. all of a sudden, you just went out and got a pitcher for nothing and he's contributing, which is why I'm I'm a little cautious with some of our, our trade ideas when it comes to pitching, because pitching around the league has been so hurt by injuries and the team selling know that. So God, if any of these pitchers get traded, it's going to be for some astronomical prices. Well, that's why I'm not I'd like, I'm not looking when I look at, you know, cause like Kyle Gibson's going to attract like a huge market. I'm oh looking yeah. At like, 
Give me a guy who would like in a perfect situation would be like your fourth or fifth starter at best. But I even think those guys are going to have maybe a higher market than they normally would. That's well, my point. Even like a Tyler, a Tyler Anderson. Well, I think, I think that's he's going to even have a decent point. market. He probably will have a decent market. I, I think that makes your point about Brad Peacock even better in that. Yeah. Um, he pitched like, I mean, his career numbers are pretty good. Uh, you know, he's a career 401 ERA. But yeah. uh, in 2017, which I believe is when the Astros won the series, tainted. She didn't. You know, all that kind of stuff. Series. Yeah. Sure. Uh, he was 13-2 and two with a, a straight three ERA, like 11 strikeouts per nine innings, just a shade under four walks per nine innings in about 132 innings, which was his most ever and and the year after he had a he was more of a reliever role so he's always been a quasi like kind of like a Cal Quantrill and that he's yeah. kind of shifted between both of those but I mean that season in 2017 when he had to start 21 games like the guy's got a pretty darn good career and yeah. as a 33 year old like vet that you're kind of just picking up off the scrap heap I love that I love that the Indians saw him at a showcase so they went to his showcase. They liked what he, what they saw. They signed him. They said, you're going to throw a bullpen, and then you're going to pitch. Like, he will be pitching by, like, next week. Oh, 100%. He's going to go. <laughs> he's going to make a couple of rehab starts, and he will be here in, you know, let's just take a look at the calendar. I wouldn't say, I mean, he's going to be pitching against, like, the Rays, probably, before yeah. the break. So yeah, what, the, the Rays is, like, the ninth and 10th. That an eleventh, I believe that weekend. I think they're the week. I think they're during the week after the during Astros the week. Series. Okay, yeah, that's the Kansas City series is like the ninth and tenth and eleventh, and then we have the All Star break. Um, the Rays might be pushing it, but I don't I would, know. It seems like I wouldn't I mean, be. I wouldn't desperate. be shocked, but I also. Would be a little bit surprised if it was that quick with like in a week's time. I think they would want to get him at least. I think he could. Two be, I honestly think he's going to pitch a bullpen, maybe one spot start in Columbus, and I think they're going to roll his ass right out there. Oh, I wouldn't be I surprised. That, I think. I, mean, I think. I think the Indians, and and honestly, that tells me that the Indians are like, yeah, we're going to be doing whatever we can here. Like this, it. And it's a pretty shrewd move, but they're not. I don't. They're not messing around. I think they've seen enough of some of these guys. And, and again, it's like you're you're throwing a lot of these guys into situations that they weren't ready, probably like 100 percent ready for, no. or weren't asked to do it. But like, you can't keep throwing Sam Henches out there. You just can't do it. And, and he's. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely like I said. He's definitely got talent. I think there's exactly. a spot for him. I just think that that spot is probably more suited out of the bullpen. Also keep He's, in mind, like, yes, it, you don't want to keep throwing them out there too. Cause if you're going to make a trade, you don't want these dudes to all have like, you know, eight, eight plus ERAs. And it's like, what about, would you want to hint it? Hint, uh, hinges? And like, no, I'm good. Like, to, to get or, that, yeah. or like yeah. if you're, if you're planning to use them in an, you know, obviously as part of your future plans, like wrecking the dudes. Yeah confidence totally. as like he goes out there for a season and has like a nine ERA. 
where it's like, sorry, man. Just sorry we threw you out psyche. there. Yeah. A so for war and you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. God, what was this? You're right. I just so, worry that like with our, with like Savali and Bieber, I, I'm concerned when they come back that they're not going to get enough at-bats to make them ready for the World Series when they have to bat against them. Because <laughs> we're done with the NL parks, man. Hell yeah. Start taking those. We got to find a good batting cage. We got to find a good batting cage to send them to. Exactly. Maybe Dude, if that were to happen, like, like a magic mountain. Yeah. <laughs> if like, if, you know, it would be like the first day he's back, Savali would like be taking like bunts and he would like fracture his finger on a bunt attempt or something. Oh, like, don't even put like, that out in the universe. The man. Max, Max I know, I know. Like break his nose with that bunt. Oh, yes, right. I know. That was so gruesome. <laughs> I forgot about that. Speaking of Max Scherzer, Joe Girardi sticking by his story that he uh, used foreign substances. So Joe Girardi is... I'm sticking by my story that Joe Girardi is an idiot. Yeah, he's a yeah. moron. Uh, he remains a bum. So there's that update. Uh, the also, other like, update... I, sorry, I was going to say just uh, with the foreign substance, um, I think it was passing today was talking about you know, like how the rules don't allow for any flexibility where if you like put sunscreen, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's obviously summer. So it's, it's hot as hell. You're going to want to put sunscreen on. So you're not getting like burnt, but if you put sunscreen on your, your pitching arm, you're going to get sweaty on like a 95 degree day. If any of that right. stickiness gets on the ball, you can be suspended for that. Like there's, there's no separation I, there. There's, where it's like, Here's the workaround fabs. Because that that thought did cross my mind. Well, too. didn't that didn't that happen to Hector Santiago with the Mariners? Well, his his was a, a mixture of rosin and sweat. And yes. the the explanation that I saw was that there was rosin residue on his mitt, and you are not allowed to have the rosin residue on the mitt at all. Like that was the sticking point. But if it gets in your man, I like we all play baseball. But what happens if you touch you the? So I mean, sweaty. if you yeah, touch like the rosin, want to get? You got to wipe yeah. it off. You're supposed to technically wipe it off. That's tough. That's man. insane. What a stupid. Like, I, why are we wasting I time agree. with this shit? Did you see the umps? Uh, I don't know which player it was in what team or game, but it was a blowout, and a position player was pitching, and he came off the mound, and because it was his first inning, the umps checked him. For foreign substances. <laughs> I missed in like that. A, in like a blowout. <laughs> I would just pull my dick out. And I'd be yeah. like, okay. Like. <laughs> I got your foreign substance right here, baby. And then just like chase um, the ops until they run away. And like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, man? Why the hell not? The other piece of news that I wanted to throw out there is our Little as we get closer and closer to the All Star break, I did want to mention who the current participants are in the Home Run Derby, which is shaping up to be pretty nice, despite the fact that Vlad Jr. and Tatis are not in. Did they, Chris, not did they say they weren't going to do it or they just haven't confirmed yet? I, I, from what I read, it sounded like both were just like, I don't want to be in it. Well, that sucks because even just like prematurely, like. I don't Ugh. even know if they were asked. Ugh. They were just like, yeah. no, nah, we're like, I'm, Tatis, I'm not going to be in it. Yeah, four days ago, Tatis confirmed he opted out. I mean, they're God both competing for 
MVPs. And I know historically yeah. competing in the home run derby, your average tends to tank a bit in the second half. I mean, look at yeah. Pete Alonso. He hasn't been the same since the home run derby. What it's a funny Mets, that what a Mets take. What a Mets fan take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been right since the home run derby, man. Well, there's a really bad New York accent. And you're driving in on the fucking Brooklyn Bridge and you have to hear like three hours on that shit. <laughs> Isn't that still the same year? Wasn't he a rookie that year? Didn't he break the record still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, he did. So he did all right. But it, but since then, but he actually is back uh, in the Home Run Derby. Uh, Trey Mancini is there, Trevor Story, yeah. and thank God Shohei Otani has agreed Yes. That dude, do you think he would, do you think he'd start the all-star game and also be in the lineup? I oh, assume that's sure. better, right? He better. Why yeah. is, yeah, like, how is that, how is that, how would that not happen? He could like, start. Like, I mean, he's in a National League park. Oh, it's a National League park. Okay, he has to then. That's perfect. No, but the, but. They do you know, the DH. They do the oh, they DH. Do the DH. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. We can't have the but universal still... DH for the season, but we can have a DH in a for meaningless game. <laughs> uh, exhibition game in July. Oh, don't even, don't even get me, don't even get me going on that. I'm not I intending. I, I didn't intend see, that. I'm sorry. I got to see Otani's will... second ever career home run, which was amazing. Yeah, I really wish I had his rookie card. Now, that me was too. one I missed. I really yeah. would have enjoyed having that. There was a like, yeah, like a year ago, it was like buy these Otani autographs for two bucks each. And I'm like, fuck that. Oh, two dollars. I know. No, thank you. Where I was like, oh man, it's a shame he's like probably going to be a bust because like his elbow and everything. And it was like, oh, nope. But we were Never talking uh, before <laughs> so the recording. Amazing. It's so fun. Well, we were talking before the recording, though, th- that the, the thing that sucks about Otani is that he hit two home runs tonight in New York. And then I look. I, I got excited and I looked at the box score, and the Angels still lost eleven to five. So <laughs> I don't really that you know oh, that franchise. It, it, it just it would. I I can't even imagine right now. Like, would it be worse to be a Pirates fan right now, where you're just like hopeless and in despair, and you but like you know your team is like complete like <laughs> crap, or would you? Would it be more painful to be an Angels fan right now and be like, how are we? screwing up the entire careers of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Like, what would be a more painful existence? I think probably the Angels fan, because, I mean, your next-door neighbor, who is the Dodgers fan, is, like, just rubbing it in on a nightly basis that their team is awesome. You know, you got to listen to that. At least in Pittsburgh, you have, a you know, one of the best stadiums, too, where you can just get yourself inebriated and then take a plunge into the river. If you really want to just forget about it all. That's a good point. Cause keep in mind, like, because I think when you talk about fandom, you have to also talk about like, what are the other accompanying accompanying teams? So like being a Detroit fan, is like a Tigers fan is miserable because like the Red Wings are terrible. The lions have been bad longer yeah. than the Browns, you know? And, um, um, the Pistons aren't good either. Um, Pittsburgh, you have a great stadium. Yeah, your baseball team sucks, but the Penguins are, they won a cup a few years ago. The Steelers, you know, always good at football. So like, it's not that bad. Being an Angels fan, I mean, yes, you do have the benefit of at least having like a jersey of like a very recognizable 
like a Mike Trout or an Otani. So that's awesome. But like, you know, they won that one World Series and Angel fans down in the OC, you're typically fans of like the Chargers and they moved. So like, it's, it's not a great fandom to be part of. I just couldn't imagine, and like, plus, like your team just, has. Oh, sorry, Chris. Your your team has like unlimited funds, like an unlimited unlimited yeah. budget. Spend all the money you and want. They don't realize pitching is important. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they have unlimited funds, Steve. But like, I feel like they just spend it like a drunken sailor. Oh yeah. Well, that's exactly the case. Just very aimlessly, like, oh hey, we really don't need Radon, but he's available. Yeah, it's been a hundred sixty million. We're not. We're for like one hundred and sixty, two hundred ten million dollars. Uh, they really also. Is. He's not going to be the silver bullet to solving our problems. Well, they recently, obviously, uh, parted ways with Albert Pujols, but then also there was the Josh Hamilton deal, which is always one that I forget about. That they paid oh him God, like yes. an absurd amount of money, and the pitching just. Remains awful. Never like it's just Jerry like, Weaver. Yeah, I mean we're talking like nineties well, Indians, like confusing, yes. like makeups here. And I mean not to not to make light of the situation, but did you guys see the news that came out to them off the field? Yeah, that Tyler, uh, Tyler Skaggs family Skaggs was suing family, them. like suing them, and they're basically like. Yeah, we had nothing to do with that. It's like it was a the guy who sold him all the drugs was your fucking team employee. Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's he crazy. was your team employee. Like, you guys have some responsibility there. Yep. It's it's yeah, uh, that's, crazy. That's gonna get ugly. Yeah, it's crazy how that they, they're not great at like they they hit on some stuff and they have money to spend, but. They they have just never been able to develop any kind of um, any kind of pitching, and I mean it doesn't help. They're in a tough division. Like the Astros have been good, you know, for like five years yeah. now. The A's are like always consistently like an eighty-five to a ninety-three win team. Rangers so, were good five six years ago. Yeah, the, before the Astros, the Rangers had their World Series run. So that division isn't you know like the. Like you could argue the central has been easier over the last 10 years than totally. you know, the West has been like, it's just a one team race for the most part for the last this year. There's the last three years. I think there's been decent competition, but before that it was basically the Indians and then the twins before them. Could you imagine though, if the angels just had like two starters, just two, just two, because That's all you need it, it blows my mind. It just, I, I what a bizarre team. Just what a strange, strange organization. I don't know that. I like. I don't. It's so obvious too. It's not even like it's. It's like oh, we get we have, you know, like three top tier starters who always happen to get injured every season. It's it's just like you have no good starters, other than like Shohei Otani, and <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, their, yeah, right. I mean, he's by far their best starter. Yeah, I mean, and that they, makes me nervous, man. Like, I don't want him pitching. Just have him doing like it's cool. But like, I'd rather just have three great starters and pitch them, you know, like every every other week. Here's the thing about Otani too that I sometimes wonder: by having him go, you know, pitch and play the field, like you said, Steve, are they not only 
ruining him or wasting his talent, I should say. But are they also kind of prematurely putting a toll on his career? Are they are they playing for the here and now a little bit more than the future in the regards of, hey, this guy, if you were just to choose one area to focus on, this guy is going to play for 13, 14 years. But by trying to do I mean, both, you're shortening his career to, say, let's say 10. I don't think anybody really knows. I, know? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's no way to know. Yeah. But I'm just, I, I mean, that's kind of like one of those things where I just, I think about sometimes where. Because. Yeah, Brendan McKay is a... Or not Brendan McKay. Um, um, I don't know who you're talking about. Down in Tampa as yeah, well. Yeah, Tampa has a guy who's a two, two-way player. Not nearly He's as actually pro- prolific as Otani, but I know who you're talking about. I thought it was... No, it is, well, it is actually. It, it is Brendan I, was, McKay. I thought it was he McKay. A... I thought the last name was yeah. McKay. I don't remember this. That That is, yeah, so he is a two-way player um, that, you know, the Rays might find a better way to make it work, which I would be shocked if they didn't, but I, maybe, I mean, maybe, I mean, obviously with like Otani, it's like those, those first couple seasons were really rocky because like he yeah. kept having like elbow trouble and stuff. And it was like, Hey, what are you doing? Because yeah. he'd go out and like his elbow would be sore. And then it was like, Oh, he's just going to hit. And then it was like, well, no, he's <laughs> like he's very hurt, so you can't hit yeah. now. And then he'd be out for you know three months or whatever. And like this, and like I love it that this year he's put it all together because like he's unbelievable. I mean, he's and got this is, what, this is definitely what they were bargaining for when they signed him, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's on pace to hit like sixty homers. <laughs> so it's like it's so ridiculous. I mean, the dude's hit. Tw- he's at twenty eight right now. Um, as of this, with those two in in New York right now, and so that's crazy. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, isn't it like it's incredible that the race right now for for the lead is between him, Vlad Jr., and Tatis? Like, how is baseball not just like salivating and making? The, I mean, we trust we've listened to our fixed baseball episodes. You'll listen to us go insane about how baseball ruins its own it steps on its own you know, feet kicks itself in the groin, whatever you want to call it all the time. But like, I don't know, man, this is probably like one of the more exciting, turning into one of the more exciting seasons in a while with, with some of these races shaping up. It's very wide open. Yeah. It's exciting. It's fun. And, uh, Chris and I will be, uh, seeing Vlad jr. In person here. Uh, just a little programming note. We'll be, Making our way taking the shore no- show north. Uh, yeah, that's speak. right. We will be uh, making our way up to Buffalo. We'll have we'll have a fun report on that. I'm sure uh, to see the Blue Jays in my beloved Rays over the July Fourth weekend. Ooh, um, so, nice! The yeah. Rays get some. Yeah, baby, get some uh, wing ta- wing tasting content for us too, dude. Yeah, I mean, that is why the city was named Buffalo was after the wings, correct? I, I want to say yes. How the lure goes? Yes. Yeah. I, I I'm just gonna say yes to that. In my I will mind, be that's pushing, how I like to believe it. Yeah, I will be pushing a lot of kids out of the way to see if I can get Wander Franco's autograph. I don't even care. Bring you wear a uh, a a mask of Malcolm and just pretend you're a child. <laughs> yeah, dress. Yes. Get I'm a dress. 
I'm going to dress like a full-on baby. I'm going to just wear a giant diaper, and that's it. <laughs> For those who, who who don't know, I have actually seen Stephen do this before. Uh, I, and it, it works. It's, it's, it's unbelievably easy realistic. to trick a baseball player. <laughs> Chris, you should... Yeah. Put Stephen a baby Bjorn and just like walk him, walk him up to uh, get some <laughs> Walk him up. My, so you're not allowed to bring son. that stroller in here. Um, well, have you seen the size <laughs> of my kid? Yeah, can't carry him. Wander, my baby son wants you to sign twelve of these rookie cards. Yeah, nothing weird about that, man. <laughs> Do it for the kids. That's what this game's for, isn't it? So yeah, so hopefully when we. When you hear from us again, I will have successfully gotten Wander Franco's autograph uh, at the expense of some children. So we'll see how that goes. And hopefully we didn't have to post bail for anyone either. But if we did, we did. What are you going to do? You um, can pay for it with a signed Wander Franco card. So. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, if we get 12 signed, I think we could afford to sell one to post bail. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Uh, before we get into the... Know Your Prospect and uh, Random Player of the Week fun. I wanted to ask you this real quick, Chris. Are you officially done with Bradley Zimmer? I am officially done with that gentleman. I'm not even going to say his name. That's how just disgusted I am in him. Usurping time away from Oscar Mercado and Daniel Johnson. (laughs) So a, what 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 sent you over the edge recently? I know we've I know we've like mentioned being off that train for a while, but like what what of his most recent stretch? transgressions? Um, transgressions. Well, the fact that he's batting like two thirty and has five RBI. Oh, I'm sorry, six now after last night's offensive explosion. Ooh, um, correct. I love it. And could it be that he also has 31 strikeouts and 71 at bats? Uh, that could also play a part. Um, I was kind of no, shocked by that. It's it's more along the lines of I've been following the team in Columbus because I'm not going to lie, I love Oscar Mercado and Daniel Johnson for reasons unknown to me. Truth be told, like they've. Outside of Mercado's rookie season, like their track record in the bigs, it's almost non-existent. Um, I'm with you, though. I'm with you. But I, I think both of them are at least have the potential to be two seventy hitters with you know fifteen to twenty home run power and driving seventy RBI. And I've seen time and time again Bradley Zimmer get. The prefer, uh, you know, the preference there, and just not not take the opportunity. You yeah. know, he's just. I, I mean, he plays. Well, how many a times great have we defense? heard like yes? How many how many times have we heard like oh he's he's reworked his swing, yeah, or whatever. I mean, he's like the oldest prospect in baseball. He's like forty, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere around there. I mean, I'm obviously being facetious, but. He is like twenty eight or twenty nine years old. He is twenty, and yes. And I'm just, I'm sick and well, tired have, of them giving him opportunity after opportunity, and then and just he does nothing. Yeah, he does well, nothing. You have to with him. This is it. I mean, this is it. There, the, he is a with, at best a fourth to fifth outfielder. 
Yeah. And I'm I'm just ready to see what we have and you know, give Oscar another fair shake. I know he only had the one at bat and popped up last night in last night's game, but he was working the count. And again, if you look at his numbers over the last month, once he got hot in Columbus, they were nice. And Daniel Johnson, you know, the last three weeks in Columbus, they were nice. I mean, they those both those guys have nothing more to prove in Columbus. Yeah, I love let's, either one. Let's up. see it. Yeah, I mean, so. it it continues to be a show me season. Um, in addition to trying to also contend, so this is Zimmer's stretch, and he's getting a he's getting a sustained stretch, and this is probably his last chance. It's because he's be. twenty eight. It's, it's got to be. Got to be. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is we, this we is mentioned earlier. It. In the episode of the upcoming forty-man roster crunch, like, well, he's a guy an that decision, yeah, he's a guy that even before the season started, you know, let, let's say you know April first when the season started, he and Bowers were two names that you could just circle like yep, these dudes are gone, mm-hmm. and sure enough, you know, Trevor uh, or um, Jake Bowers is gone, and and. Hey, he's you know, hitting 283 in Seattle right now. It's a small sample size. <laughs> hey, that's 60 <laughs> at bats, man. That's 60 full at bats. Man hit a thousand at bats between here and Tampa and didn't do anything. That is true. I mean, hey, man, I'm glad I'm all for a guy finding, and maybe that's a Bradley Zimmer thing too, where, you know, eventually they part ways with him. Yeah. And, you know, he, maybe he catches on somewhere else. I, I don't Probably wish him good ill will or but. or injury or anything like that, but no. Just, but I mean, you, you just you think about like what you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's like it's hard, you know. It's hard to part with like a former first round pick, but it's like if the guy isn't producing, there's nothing more you can do. Yeah, it's like that's it. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the guy I, he just strikes out too much. I, I just can't. I don't know if it's like it seems like he has like an eighty ounce bat, like he has like the biggest <laughs> bat I've ever seen. Well, I, he's also like seven foot tall, so like it always looks like a toothpick in his hands, though too. But he it's is a weird. Very slow. Yeah, it's, it's super it's strange. Just, it doesn't. It's it, it hurts the eyes. Yeah, I'm not gonna he lie. needs the juice, man. He's got some Luis Gonzalez like forearms. Like I don't know what he's doing. What a waste. <laughs> He does need to be juicing. There's a guy that there's a guy that really skated through being implicated. Right. Nobody really ever gave him any trouble for it, you know. No, everyone just like nodded and were like, "We know what you were doing that one season. You had 56." Hours. But we're just glad you beat the Yankees. So yeah, you yeah. beat the Yankees in the World Series. So it's cool. <laughs> that's cool, man. Don't worry. All is forgiven. Yeah, that's right. Chris, do you want to hop into? The prospect, know your prospect for the sure, week. Sure, sure. Um, I know when we initially started this, we said uh, no, no top prospects that people you know would be familiar with too much. But since I created that rule, I can break that rule. Um, oh my God. This oh. week's prospect is Tanner Burns. Mm-hmm. He was the first round draft pick last year, thirty uh, sixth overall. Came out of college, so he's 22 years old. Uh, MLB has him ranked as the 15th best prospect in the system. 
and uh, he is currently pitching in high Lake County and uh, just kind of owning it there. 45 strikeouts in 35 innings, uh, only 27 hits allowed, and only allowing a 211 um, average against. He was college teammates also with uh, Casey Mize um, of the Tigers organization. Casey Mize uh, hurt right now? Sure. I don't know. I thought he got called up. I thought he got called up. Uh, no, I know, but I thought maybe he was hurt. I haven't heard from him recently. Am I am I insane? No, no, no. He's not hurt. He's he's pitching. He's doing his thing. Okay. Yeah. I I, I, I whatever. Keep as um, detailed tabs on the Tiger system. Unfortunately, he's pitching pretty well, actually. Well, that, that's that's something for Tigers fans to hang their hat on. I guess we don't want to completely. Uh, Decimate their hopes and dreams of of fun this summer. Yeah, you got at least one thing going for him, so that's fine. But anyway, so not to, so, not to completely derail you. No, no. But uh, Tanner Burns, just a name that people should. Oh, the other thing is he's he's also got a mid nineties fastball, which is topped out at ninety seven. So again, more power arms coming through the system. Um, nice. But the one knock on him. As we also mentioned about Eli Morgan, is uh, Burns is equally undersized as a right-handed pitcher at six foot, which hmm. to some listeners that might be surprising. Um, but a lot of uh, scouts and teams like their right-handed pitchers six two and above. But. Yeah, it's just funny. It's always funny to me when it's just like, well, it has to be this, you know. Whereas, yeah, that's that's yes. that old that's that old school way of thinking, you know. That's yeah. I always go back to uh, that scene in Moneyball where they're talking about some minor league player, and the old guys are like, "Well, have you seen his girlfriend? She's not attractive. He's gonna stink." Mm-hmm. It's like I I. I Failed to see the correlation there, but you know, hey, I'm not the grizzled uh, area scout in the yeah. A's organization, so what do I know? Yeah. Well, it's same the same quarterbacks and stuff. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It, it's the same BS that that you know guys fall back on, where it's like, well, um, well, I mean, you know, being Cleveland guys that we are, Baker Mayfield, it was like, oh, he's undersized. Yeah, he's undersized. You know, he's go, he's a bum. And don't worry, just don't even think about it. And despite there being like plenty of evidence to the contrary with guys like Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, bucking the trend, whatever. Same with baseball, where it's like our pitchers, our, our righties have to be 6'4", yeah. and they have to throw 97, even if they walk four or five guys a game. Like, it, <laughs> we'll figure that out later. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, a guy like Eli Morgan, bringing him up again, it's like, it you know there's definitely something to be said for a guy who like averages one walk per nine innings, like that's yeah. insane. The guy knows how to throw a pitch. Yeah, it's like and at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Dude, pound the strike zone, man. Like d- stop. You know if you can throw. The funny thing is like if a guy throws you know ninety seven ninety eight, most of the time that doesn't even matter because a lot of hitters can catch up to it now anyway. And yeah. 
Um, if you're not throwing strikes, it doesn't matter, dude, because eventually that will bite you in the ass. Well, I mean, let's look at another prospect. Well, I still dub him a prospect, uh, even though he's had, you know, a nice cup of coffee in the bigs. But McKenzie, when the guy pounds the strike zone, he is filthy and near unhittable stuff. His problem is he's walking like a guy per nine innings. His whip is like, no, he's like walking a guy per inning. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so geez. Yeah, no, nine guys for that. nine innings. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I <laughs> yeah, I completely misspoke there. No, yeah, his it, yeah, like a walking inning. It's nasty to go with yeah. a hit an yeah. inning. You know that that whip is creeping up there. Yep. There's a reason why his name isn't really ever floated back around as like coming back into the rotation. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's still only 23. Yes, and he, he has that time. pitched. Yes, he has not pitched in. I agree. Akron and the last four starts in Columbus were his only starts in AAA. I mean, yeah, talk about a guy who was really dealt a bad hand with everything that went on with the minor league season last year, uh, not having a season to develop, and then didn't pitch. I think until like the last time he had pitched before that was like 2018. Like early 2018, he's the guy that just needs seasoning and AAA. I'm looking at his yes. stats right now, and three three starts in Columbus. It's so funny, man. He's got a .73 ERA, which yeah, blows your mind. And he aver- he's averaging eight eight strikeouts per nine innings, but he's averaging yep. seven walks yeah. per nine innings. Like, and he can get away with that. In, wow, you know AAA, but you, you, when you're facing big league talent outside of the Tigers. And a handful of other teams, teams will figure you out. Speaking of the Tigers, I allegedly heard somewhere, and it might have been from Tom Hamilton, and it may I may have heard it in passing that allegedly the Indians are fifty games over five hundred against the Tigers since twenty sixteen. That that sounds probably right, that probably <laughs> yeah. That, that, I, they had a crazy. I don't see how that's wrong. Like Nineteen games, yeah. Against the yeah, Tigers. yeah. I think we right. swept them. A, what? Two years ago, yeah, the entire the season, season series, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, right. I mean, like that totally. That absolutely plays. is, yeah. That tracks, isn't that nuts? Isn't that doesn't that just That's like crazy. blow your mind? Miggy and the I, Mud Hens. Oh my God! That's another Tom Hamilton. Uh, Tom Hamilton gif right there. That is true. Oh man. Um, okay. Uh, well, I think we've come to that time. Is it time for the random Indian of the week? It is. And um, I'm going to just jump right into it because I can't Here. think of a better segue than um, this gentleman. Okay. Who, let me pull up my notes here. That would be helpful. Um, this gentleman was a five-time All-Star. Okay. Most of his playing career was spent with the aforementioned Detroit Tigers. He led the league in wild pitches six seasons, including his lone season of 94 that was with the Indians. And somehow, despite all of his shortcomings with pitch control, he has found his way into the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> 
Mm. Oh, boy. So he pitched for the Indians in 94. Correct. And uh, five-time All-Star, okay. Wasn't a complete failure that season in 94? Certainly maybe not a season he would probably write home about, but... Spent mo- most of his career was spent in Detroit. Correct. 14 years to be to be specific. Wow, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. And This is like a name I think I, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Oh, Fabs, do you have any uh, guesses? He only spent one year with the Indians, you said? Yeah. Yep. The 1994 season. His age 39 season, he was um, 10 and 6 with an ERA of 560. <laughs> Made 23 starts. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I know if I, I know when you say it, I'm gonna. Yeah, once you say the name, I. Um. All right. Okay, good. Hit us. It was Jack Morris. Yep, Son that's of a, exactly I was gonna say that. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that's was... Oh, it's so aggravating. Oh my god. That's I like yeah. why I pitched that. That's really interesting. Yeah. That was. How many? Um... Do you know how many he had that year? The, that season with us, he had 13. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Though more, one more, se- more uh, the 1987 wins. season, um, well, yeah, 87, he uh, only had 24. <laughs> yeah. He averaged 13 per season. Okay. That's awesome. He had a good career, man. Yeah, he did. He's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. Somebody, I was just like, (laughs) literally a week ago, they were talking about Jack. It was like a Detroit Tiger person was talking about Jack Morris. Yeah. uh, When I was doing a little bit of research, I actually found, so he's um, one of their announcers now. Okay. But he was actually, probably about a decade ago, splitting time between the Twins and Tigers announcing crews. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. That was according to his Wikipedia, so it has to be true. I mean, surely, yeah. How is it possible? Yeah. Here, let me see if I can pull it up here quickly. So it it blew my mind. Games? That's interesting. He had some kind of weird uh, arrangement with, with the team. That is really wild to me. Yeah, he was also a Blue Jays announcer. Um, so obviously he pitched... Yeah, so at the tail end of his Wait, really? career, he, he left Detroit and went to Minnesota, Toronto, and, and us. Um, right. We find out he's just like announcing okay. for like four or five teams. It, so- it sounds like he was a... Was okay, a here it is. Here wins. it is. On February, 20, or on February 10th, 2015, it was announced that Morris had been hired as a part-time analyst for the Tigers telecast on Fox Sports Detroit, along with his former teammate, Kirk Gibson. In a unique arrangement, uh, Morris continued to work part-time for the Twins television crew, as well as the Tigers. In 2017, it was announced that Morris was no longer uh, to do the Tigers telecasts. I just don't understand how he was doing both. 
I don't like know. studio stuff? I don't know. Strange. That would make the most sense. Like yeah, maybe one was a studio gig and like the other was mm-hmm. like traveling, but like, oh my God. He might not even been traveling. What if he was doing the studio gig from like Detroit for the twins? And then he was calling the home games for the, uh, for the Tigers. Or just, do, or doing like, I guess just like random like splits of the season. Yeah, he could have been doing that. So interesting. So I'm looking yeah, at, yeah, that's just right from his Wikipedia. Oh, that'd be cool. A, like a program where like one month of the season, you, they have every baseball announcer call, like you get every, Every local baseball announcer does rotates in and does your team's game. That'd be interesting. Like when it was always like it's always really funky to me when like Rick Manning does like the Fox game when like the Indians play like the national broadcast for Fox and he's mm-hmm. the play by play guy with whoever the national like or the color guy whenever the national play by play guy is whoever that is that always weirds me out. It is it is interesting when you hear your own local guy. Yeah, you get Tom Brenneman going up into the bay and just freaking out. <laughs> well, I don't know if he'll be going there anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Although he his parting gift to us was when he apolo- was apologizing in the middle of a Nick Castellanos Nick Castellanos home run that will always be. <laughs> When he, when he was apologizing and then was in the middle of it going like, and there's a drive to left field. That's a home run. Anyway. Yeah. I'm Anyways, sorry. I'm going to probably not be around here, guys. <laughs> and that's going to be it for me. So That yeah, felt like the most like forced apology of all time. Like he was just like, oh, I should probably do this. Right. Yeah. Someone was like, yeah, you uh, need yes, to do should. this. It yeah. just blows my and mind. We're still going to fire like, you. You're, you just always assume your mic's on when you're a broadcaster. Well, that's the thing, man, is like, okay, so yeah, assume your mic's on, but like, he didn't think it was on and he was saying that stuff. So that's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's how you really think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad it happened to him because right, exactly, like, right, that's right. a garbage opinion. But yeah, I just, I, I think he, uh, things happen in our country where people felt like, okay, I don't have to be like all PC anymore. I can yell the N word if I'm in a grocery store. And uh, oh, you mean like you mean like those like um, there was like that high school or college sports announcer who got caught like calling all the kids the N word or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, dude. And then he did the like not even the I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry if. That offense, just yeah. Like, yeah if it offends anybody, right? Stop. <laughs> it makes me yearn for the days of Brett Musburger, just you know, being talking about AJ McCarron's with, uh, girlfriend, AJ McCarron's <laughs> now wife. I the mean, good it really old days, just, yeah. The good old days of that. I mean, yeah, yeah of an old man leering, an old man yes. leering at a college kid, <laughs> and then drooling just, over Honey Badger because he like got <laughs> to say cool nickname for like an entire football game. Yeah, boy. Yeah, it used to be it used to be the Wild West when he could just have a nice old man salivating over a college girl. <laughs> I think <laughs> on a, that was on a like national mid, broadcast. 
I think that was like that announcement, like he got called out on it and he like apologized. It might not have been that one, but it's, there's amazing, I'll try to find it and send it to you. There's amazing where he's like mid apology that he didn't want to give an apology. And then all of a sudden he like cuts his own apology off and he's like second down at nine, like really. <laughs> and it's just like, what is happening in that booth? Like Kurt Humphrey is just like running for the door. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Man, it's been a long time. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had not a long time because we had Tom Brenneman last year, but I guess every year there's like at least one broadcaster who has to make like a heartfelt apology for <laughs> yes. something he did or said. <laughs> so. When's your boy gonna apologize for uh for Kyle Schwarber's recent tear too? Hey man. I got I I would I've never been of the belief that Joe Buck was too Kyle Schwarber centric or it showed what? him too much love during 2016. I I mean what he what Schwarber did was maybe because he's in family hindsight, now. you know, very under what you know, it was very um remarkable that he came back that quickly from an injury and he didn't have a good World Series. I can I can admit that. My goodness, if Kyle Schwarber came up to the booth and was like, Hey Joe, like let's let's you and me go out on a date and you know grab a nice steak dinner and you know reminisce about the game over a nice, you know, red wine, Joe Buck would be like, I'm already there, buddy. Like Yeah, maybe. They I mean, he would have He was showing him some he was showing him some love. I'll I'll give you that. But it was a good storyline and uh you know, like I said, I've always Again. been of the belief that with Joe Buck, it's like it doesn't. It's like if it if if he's calling your game, he hates your team but loves the other, and it's just like I always see that as like the thing with him. And personally, I I like him, but I've I've heard so much of him that I would want to see. I just want I would love to hear the World Series called by somebody else, just for fun. I agree. Yeah, that'd be fine. Like, I actually, I actually don't have much of a problem with Joe Buck, but it's like it would be kind of cool, like for once, to hear somebody else call it. Give it to Hammy, you know? Anybody, anybody. Oh, okay. So I found it. Give I'll me send this. I'll send you both the link. It was the uh, 2017 Sugar Bowl. It was uh, when the Joe Mixon tape came out where he just, like, decked that woman oh, and knocked her out. And, he, oh and so during the game, he, like, brings up the controversy. And then he's, like, uh, he talks about, you know, he praises the kid. And then, like, later in the game, it, like, circles back because it started going, like, viral that he was praising him. And he's, like, some of you were coming after me because <laughs> oh, no. I was saying good things about Joe Mixon. Well, yeah, I was he has say, a like, second chance, and I happen to root for people with second chances. Second down and nine, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my god! It's like, calm down, Brett Musburger, please. I think he's. I think he probably retired like shortly thereafter. He did. He did. That, like that I would think, have been it. Maybe that was his last game. <laughs> oh my god! That, no, okay. that that lines up with you know him moving out to Vegas to start that uh, that gambling network. Oh yeah, oh, that's, that's amazing. Right. Isn't it called just? Isn't it just like the Gambler? Like he, I think it is. Yeah, they advertise a lot for it on uh, Mad Dog Radio. That's like one of their key advertisers because uh, he he has like I think he has a show on Mad Dog Radio where 
uh, I think it's like Saturday morning before uh, before college football kicks off, and he goes through like all the lines and stuff. Greasing those greasing those wheels, baby. Oh yeah, I mean that's got to be fun though. Like you get to retire. Oh, hell yeah, to Vegas yeah. and just talk about like sports lines. I'm sure he just has oh, yeah. all the casinos. Yeah. yeah. That's that's so much less stress. I can think of like a thousand worse ways to enjoy retirement. Oh my god, I would I would love that. It'd be amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, I will be certainly watching that video uh, after we're done recording here. Um, I think that's it. I think we're good. We we got into some uh, dicey territory there talking about uh, broadcaster controversies, but I think we came out the other end just fine. So I think we avoided any hot mics ourselves. So yes, we did. Yes. Round of applause okay. to you guys. Good job. Good job. Yep. We did I think it. we uh, didn't. Ha- I don't have to lead off the next episode with a heartfelt apology uh, to our <laughs> listeners. So that's nice. But if you Not want to, if you can. want to, I, uh, we can. It'll be a heartfelt message of some kind, but not What's an apology. What's this Pride Month all about? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Cut that out. And we just got canceled. <laughs> I'll tell you about when I used to be proud back in the 50s. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Actually, there is one, I believe there is one Major League Baseball team left that doesn't do a Pride Night, and it's like a big deal. And they really? don't talk. It's, is it the um, God? I don't want to say the wrong one. I almost thought it was the Rangers, but there were, there is a team up. that's. I mean, that I was would line say, up. Um, any Are team in Texas? in Texas? Rangers. Like, yep. It's the Rangers. <laughs> just like also, that's, don't be yep, confused. Exactly it could also it probably is. be the. It could also probably be the Astros, and they just are like that. That tequila sunrise. Yeah, we totally changed the colors. No, like, it's actually. It is the Rangers. It is the Rangers. Right. So okay. the Rangers, Rangers are currently yeah. the only, the only major league baseball team to have never done a Pride Night of any kind, and I suppose it's not surprising. Now that uh, we're recording on um, what is now flipped over to June thirtieth, I don't foresee them doing one this year. Uh, nope. nope, I think they're gonna. They'll wait till eleven fifty nine, and <laughs> they'll right, like a exactly. They'll, yeah. they'll send out a little 12. tweet. They'll like. There'll be like a little tweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, so, guys. Yeah. Didn't wanna... So there's that. A uh, little tidbit for you. Um, okay. That's it for us. Follow us on social, CalPinoPod. And uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It helps us out. And uh, we'll catch you later. <laughs>